Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Bottle Amplified. Pastor Joe here. Uh, today we take on Transfiguration Sunday. That day we remember when Jesus took his disciples up the mountain, Peter, James, and John, as they saw him be transfigured. And we ask ourselves whether God might be inviting us to experience the wonder and awe of God's own goodness in the everyday, not just on the mountaintop. Check out the sermon here. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, his clothes becoming dazzling bright, such as no one on earth could brighten them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us set up three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say, for they were terrified. A cloud then overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Holy words for God's people. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Brian Fu. I'm one of the pastoral interns who gets to serve here at Bothell United Methodist Church. I just want to give you another warm welcome to our church community and also give you a couple of announcements. Uh, before I get into the announcements, I wanted to share a quick story. So in this past week, um, I got to gather with a couple of friends, um, and they wanted to take me to one of their favorite restaurants. They had been kind of building it up for some period of time, and I wasn't sure what the big deal was um, until we got there. And when we got there, um, they were very familiar with the entire restaurant and also with the chefs and some of the staff at the restaurant. And when we were there, we received actually um, some extra food um, as a result of that. And I was surprised because I didn't expect that. I thought that this was, you know, typically when I go to a restaurant, I just go in and pop in and out and have the food. And it's, if it's good, I'll come back again. And, but I don't usually have or build a relationship with any of the people who are there. Um, but at the end of it, uh, one of my friends exclaimed at the end, 
this was one of the best meals that I've ever had. And I thought about it, was it just the food or was it the entire experience of being part of something um, that was there? Yesterday, I got to gather with one of my other friends um, who I grew up with, and I used to go to his house all the time. And I used to claim that his mom's cooking was better than my mom's cooking. <laughs> Don't tell her I said that. But, <laughs> but I think that the reason why I felt that way was because his mom and his dad were always so welcoming um, and, and letting me enjoy whatever was in their home and allowed me to be myself every time that I was there. Yesterday was also um, the Lunar New Year, so Happy New Year for those of you that are paying attention and celebrating to that. And so I went back home and visited my mom, and my mom um, and my brother and his fiance and my wife, we spent the morning making dumplings uh, with one another. And so we made uh, like almost 200 dumplings, and we had like half of them for uh, lunch <laughs> together. <laughs> But the food yesterday tasted good as well. And that was surprising to me, because I feel like I don't know if I've, I don't know if I've uh, paid attention to this thread before. And is it just the food? It wasn't just the food. It was the sense that I belong to something, to family, to people that I'm comfortable with, to people that I felt like I could be my whole self with. And so I share that story because I hope and I know that Bothell is like this. Bothell United Methodist Church is a place like this, and I hope that it can continue to be like this. So what I want to share with you is that we want you to know that for who ex exactly who God created you to be, you are welcome and you belong. We know that there are places that are, where this is not true, especially in places of worship, places where people have been marginalized, pushed out, ostracized. And if that has been your experience, we're sorry and we hope that you are welcome and that you belong. So what that means for us is if you are gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, or questioning, know that you are welcome and you belong. If you are black, brown, or indigenous, or if you have been discriminated against because of the color of your skin, know that you are welcome and you belong. If you are single or divorced, partnered or separated or widowed, know that you are welcome and you belong. If you're homeless or houseless or find yourself in the lower economic brackets of our community, know that you are welcome and know that you belong. With all of your bodily complexities, you were created as an integral part of God's good design. And we want you to know that here at Bothell United Methodist Church, you are welcome and you belong. Amen? Amen. I have just four announcements to share with you uh, today. Um, this Tuesday night is our monthly pint night. Uh, this February 13th, Tuesday, February 13th at 6 p.m., we'll gather here at the local brewery, 192 Brewery. Um, it's about five minutes away from here. And we hope that you can join us uh, just for a night of hanging out, catching up. Uh, the church will cover appetizers. Uh, so if you buy your, purchase your own drinks, please join us for that day. Even if you don't uh, drink alcohol, that is okay. Um, they have non-alcoholic drinks as well, and it is a family-friendly place. We hope to see you there and get to know you a little bit more. On Wednesday, we will be having 
our Ash Wednesday service at 7 p.m. here at church, or you can also join us online as well. As we start the Lent season, we will start the service. Uh, we'll start that season with an Ash Wednesday service. So hope to see you there for a time of contemplation, reflection, and conversation as we recognize our own mortality and God's faithfulness before his coming birth. Resurrection, I mean. <laughs> Uh, just a brief note that we have uh, several discipleship opportunities coming up. I'm not going to go into all of them now, but uh, you can check out our website for many of the classes that we have that are coming up. Please look online there. And today, uh, right after this service and before the other service during our fellowship time, uh, we have two kind of main events. We have studying scripture together in the fireside room, uh, and that's going to be just down the hallway when you exit to the left here. Um, Studying Scripture Together is a, is a class, and then we will also be uh, looking to have a brief conversation with the parents who have children in grade school. Um, that's going to be in the lounge, which is the room just diagonally across from this door. Um, so if you are interested in participating in any of those conversations, please grab uh, coffee and cookies in the fellowship hall um, and meet in those rooms, please. So that's all the announcements that I have for us today. I invite you, if you're able, would you stand up and would you greet somebody who you've never uh, said hello to before? Oh, it's so good to be with you. My name is Joe. I get to serve as lead pastor here. I'm excited to be with you this morning, worshiping with you, those of you who are here on site, those of you who are joining us online. Uh, let's pray as we uh, dive into this Mark text this morning. Uh, let's pray. Oh God, be present here. And in all the places from which we are worshiping, move in us and through us that we too would be moved and changed. Speak to us, we pray. Less of me, more of you, none of me, all of you. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Uh, many of you know that I have really gotten into hiking uh, since this past summer. I think I did something like 16 hikes uh, between June and September, and uh, they range from hikes that I did with my kids and my family uh, to some of the more challenging ones that I had time and space to do. And I remember the first couple that I did, uh, Haybrook Lookout and Rattlesnake Ledge. Anybody familiar? Yeah, we got a couple. Awesome. Uh, they're not very long, but for somebody uh, like me who was inexperienced, it was really the climb uh, that got me. And I remember huffing and puffing, wondering why anyone liked hiking to begin with, uh, whether it would actually be worth it at the top. It was worth it. Uh, the views for as far as my eyes could see, uh, being surrounded by the majestic mountains around me, feeling at peace with the lake below, still and serene. It's one of those moments that I knew God was present, where I could simply be, where my breath stilled, where I was in complete wonder and awe. I wonder, when was the last time you experienced that wonder and awe? When was the last time you experienced that wonder and awe? Earlier this year, I, I looked back on my Google Sheets where I keep a record of all the hikes that I did, and I noticed that my last hike was September 22nd, 
which meant that it had been way too long. And I quickly scheduled my next hike exactly four months to the day from that last one. So January 22nd, I did my first hike of 2024. And uh, this story is going to be for a different sermon, but it involves uh, appreciating the journey, not the destination, Um, trusting God when you get lost, and that it's less scary when you find other people who are heading the same way, but that's for next time. Um, Despite that experience, uh, I was rehooked. I scheduled my next one, and my next one, and my next one after that. And one of those was supposed to be this past Monday. This past Monday, and so I did my research. I, I, I figured out which hike I was going to do. I, I bought and printed my uh, five-dollar Northwest Forest Pass for the day. I packed my backpack the night before, and I woke up with a leg cramp. And it wasn't serious enough that I couldn't walk. But it was on that borderline of, I could do it, and I probably shouldn't make bad decisions today. So I listened to my body, uh, realizing that it wasn't worth it to be stranded on a nine-mile hike without self-service, trying to limp my way back to the car. And I was really disappointed. I was so looking forward to this time, right, to be away from the daily grind, to be in tune with creation, to experience the goodness of God while retreating into the woods. And I still wanted to move my body, so I went instead of the outdoors to the local YMCA. I'm a little bitter with them right now, and that's for personal reasons that I won't go into, (laughs) Uh, That definitely impacted my mood, but most of it was because the day wasn't going as I had planned. And maybe that was a good thing, because that morning, I'm wearing my collar, I'm not really smiling, I have my headphones in, I scan my membership card with a little aggression without making any eye contact with anyone, and somebody taps me and pulls me over. And it was Charlie. Charlie's one of the regulars I often see. Uh, we don't usually talk. We're in the, the gym area, and so we're, you know, exercising. But we'll greet each other. We'll nod. We'll say hi. And today, perhaps because we were in the lobby, uh, him on his way out, I was on my way in. Maybe this time he thought it would be fun to talk. And he goes, hey, man, I didn't know you were a preacher. Oh, here we go again. And he said, did you know that Dale Turner was a preacher? Okay, some of you all know where this is going. I I gave him a puzzled look. Uh, He gave me a puzzled look back. And he said, you know Dale Turner, right? He's the guy that this YMCA is named after. There's a big sign of him out front. There's a bio of him on every wall. I had no idea. And so I come home, I look up a few things about Dale Turner. He was a pastor at University Congregational UCC for the 24 years, and he grew up in Akron, Ohio, which also boasts famous people LeBron James and Joe Kim. (laughs) And one of his favorite phrases was, be kind, everyone you meet is carrying a heavy burden. So Charlie and I, we talk for another 15 or 20 minutes. We're in the lobby. We're sitting there. We're getting to connect. We're hearing each other's stories, and he sure has a story. And as we wrap up, he asks me to pray for him. And I do, literally right there in the lobby of the YMCA. 
in the lobby of the Dale Turner YMCA, thank you very much, because it felt right. It felt like I was supposed to be there. It was one of those moments where I knew that God was present, where I could simply be, where my breath stilled, and I was in complete wonder and awe. So what if we're supposed to experience wonder and awe not just in those experiences that take us out there? What if we're supposed to experience wonder and awe in the everyday? I love that our text starts with three very simple words, six days later. And I don't think it actually matters what happens during those six days. We'll go to that in just a few minutes of what happens before this moment. But this is why six days later is important. It implies to me that this moment of holiness did not happen on the Sabbath. I hold that. This moment of holiness did not happen on the Sabbath. Last we know, Jesus and his disciples are traveling to the villages of Caesarea, Philippi, and Jesus is teaching to the crowds. And I don't read that he was in the synagogue on the Sabbath teaching to those who gathered. I feel like it was a Tuesday or something when, he was, when this was happening. And so six days after that, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday have all passed, and it's Tuesday again, and he takes Peter, James, and John up to the mountain. Why does this matter for us? It's because holy moments can happen anytime and anywhere. It's not always in this building. It's not always on Sundays. It's not always during official gatherings of the church. Holy moments can and do happen anywhere and anytime. Amen? You don't sound like you believe that, but we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Let's go what's happening before our text. We're in chapter 8. I want to point out two moments immediately before what's happening. Uh, the first is in verses 11 through 13. And here's what it says. It says, The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, Jesus, asking him for a sign from heaven to test him. And Jesus sighed deeply in his spirit, and he said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he leaves them. He gets in the boat and he goes to the other side. And then further along, verse 27 onwards, again, Jesus is going with his disciples to the villages in Caesarea Philippi, and they have this conversation. Jesus asks them, hey, who do the people say that I am? And they answer, well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, and others uh, one of the prophets. And Jesus asks them directly, who do you say that I am? And Peter responds, you are the Messiah. And Jesus orders them, sternly orders them, to not tell anyone about him. But then he continues teaching. And he tells them that the Son of Man, that, that he must undergo suffering and persecution, that he would be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, that he would be killed, that he would then rise again. And Peter pulls him aside. He's hoping to rebuke him, but Jesus turns the table and says, Get behind me, Satan. And Jesus goes on even more, and he says to the crowd, Hey, look, if any of you want to be one of my followers, you have to deny yourself, take up the cross, and follow me. 
For those who want to save their life will lose it. For those who lose their life for my sake will save it. And six days after all that, Jesus takes the three up the mountain. So here's what I'm wondering. Why did Jesus say that this generation will not get a sign when this moment on the mountain clearly feels like a sign? Then what happened to the disciples? For the first one, I just want to say this. I, I don't think that Jesus saw this as a sign because I think what the Pharisees wanted was something miraculous. So, and while Jesus does perform miracles like healings and feedings, the point, the purpose of Jesus calling his disciples was not to live for that moment to moment of when those extra amazing things happen. Jesus is inviting all of us and the disciples to meet him in the everyday. Okay, back to that everydayness. But here's what I want to say about these disciples. Uh, I think what's happening to them is this transformation. We, we, they meet this guy, Jesus, right? They follow him uh, because they believe that he's going to be the Messiah, that he is going to be the one who will overthrow the local government, that he will be the one to save them and their people. He's amazing. He preaches great. He teaches great. He performs these miracles that we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, he's the one that we should follow. And then chapter 8 happens, and wait, what? He's going to be rejected? Our Messiah is going to be killed? And this business about rising again, what? To be a follower, I need to deny myself? I need to take up a cross, lose my life? What? And for six days, they sit with that struggle. For six long days, they're wrestling with this new reality. Oh, maybe following Jesus is not what we thought it was. Maybe this guy, maybe he's just someone who speaks some nonsense. He's disillusioned with reality. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. We're supposed to follow him? So when they get on that hill, when Peter, James, and John get up on that hill and they see Jesus transfigured before them, his clothes dazzling bright, and they see him communing with the holies of old, Elijah and the prophets, Moses and the law, maybe now they're convinced. Right now they're ready. And now they want to do something. Rabbi, let's build those three dwellings. Let's make one for you and one for Elijah and one for Moses. And Jesus says, no, don't do anything. Just simply know that God is present, that you can simply be, still your breath, and be in complete awe and wonder. I think that's the word for us this morning. In the busyness of our lives, in the hectic chaos of our lives, can we slow ourselves down and get out of our own way? And rather than schedule the times to meet God, like on Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45, maybe we can still ourselves and know that God is present all around. 
Yeah, God is present here in our midst as we gather in worship on site and online. And God is there when you run errands, when you're stuck in traffic, when you're overwhelmed by what's happening on the news, when you're overjoyed by life's surprises. God is all around. I started talking uh, the sermon about hiking, and there's a beautiful quote from uh, John Muir, he, uh, John of the Mountains. He's the father of the national parks. He's a naturalist, an author who uh, wrote in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And he said this. He said, I don't like the word hike. <laughs> he said, people ought to saunter in the mountains, not hike. And he said, do you know the origins of that word, saunter? It's a beautiful word. He said, way back in the Middle Ages, people used to be on pilgrimages to the Holy Land, and when people in the villages through which they passed asked where, where they were going, they would reply, a la santer, to the Holy Land. And so they became known as santerers, or saunters. And now, he describes these mountains as his Holy Land, and he asks and invites us to saunter through them reverently, not to hike through with an agenda, but to saunter, to wander through, to experience God's holiness in each passing moment, and to be present to what God is doing all around us. And so as we go into this week, as we leave from this place and go into the other many, many hours you spend outside of church, may those moments be holy for you. May those moments be when you most experience God. May those moments be the times when you experience wonder and awe for God is truly around and God is present with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for the ways that you are at work in our lives. We give you thanks for the times when we don't even notice, for the times when we forget. We give you thanks for those moments when we trust that you are with us. So we be present with us as we live our lives in the day-to-day -day and help us to experience the holy all around. It's in Christ's holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, so that was our sermon for Transfiguration Sunday. A lot going on in the life of our church. Uh, starting this week, uh, we are continuing to uh, release new information and new dates on discipleship opportunities. Check those out on our website, bothelumc.org. And uh, we will begin the season of Lent this Wednesday, Ash Wednesday service. And so make sure you uh, check us out online or on site on Wednesday, February 14th. Uh, at 7 p.m. and as we navigate this next 40 days of Lent, as we look to the cross and to the resurrection, uh, we hope you will be alongside us for the journey. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and we'll talk to you soon.